This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. There is a special offer for new FanDuel users. You can get a free Six-month RotoWire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. This is Chris List, the host of the East Coast Offense Podcast. I am joined by my usual co-host, Dalton Del Don. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm scheduled to do three separate podcasts today usual XM hit, and then I have my daughter's birthday party tonight, so it's a unusually full full day for me. Is today her birthday or actual birthday? No, it's Saturday, but it just worked out and, better. And to... Chloe turns four? Is that what? Yep, yep, you got it. She turns four. Yeah, she's four. so excited. It's it's great to see this morning. Like She's been counting down the days, and she's just super excited, so it's, it's very cute to see. Yeah, four is no joke. No, no, it's not. She's a handful otherwise, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you, especially with a two-month-old also dealing with. But, um, yeah, so, but obviously, you know, a bunch of kids running around for a party. And then, like I said, I, I got a busy schedule today. So it happened at all fall on the same day, but, um, but no complaints. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll probably have to edit this out. But did you ever see the Omen, the original Omen movies? I don't think so. I know. I don't think I have. Yeah, those things scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Anyway, there's one scene where it's like Damien's like the little kid, and he has his birthday party, and he kind of looks people in the eye, and he possesses them, and he gets like the nanny, and during the middle of the kid's party, she puts a noose around her neck, gets on the roof, jumps off the roof, and hangs herself and smashes back through the window as she's doing it. That's a good thing to tell me the day of my daughter's <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that would be good, a good suggestion for your party, just to liven it up a bit. Yeah, you definitely you probably could use some life. So I'll consider it. That's was scary. Out. I don't know if it would hold up now, but the, the, the Omen, the Omen 2, there was three. The third one's kind of stupid, but the first two, when I was like 12 or 11, I used to watch. I was scared the shit out of me. All right. That's it's something I will consider for sure. All anyway, right, so what do you got? I'll, I'll, throw, I'll, I'll throw a few things at you before you have to carry the rest of the show. Um, so did you fill out a, a bracket while you're over there? Are you, are you into this at all? I mean, that's that's the other thing is that I get into this March Madness. I don't know anything entering, but I get into my bracket and I run my, my own pool and I am in a couple survivor things. And, and, and it, it's, it's actually a lot of fun, I personally think. 
And I'm going to be busy all day and night tonight and not even be able to watch many of the games. Okay, what about hold on, the, hold I, on, I get the feeling you don't care. Stop talking. What time, what time does the uh, tournament start today? 9.15 a.m. my time. So in, in, in shortly under an hour. Okay, so I don't. Ha- I have one pool that I filled out for Pete's like free rotowire internal bracket. Yeah, free. So I, you literally, I literally took 40 seconds to fill it out. But right. um, let me get in yours. How much is yours? 50 bucks. And how many people are in it? Uh, thir- you'd make 14, so not a ton. So you could win. You know, you could. It's an, you know, you make 600, 700 bucks. You know, a decent right, amount. Well, of- what do I have to do to submit? Is it on Yahoo? Yep. Yep. Oh, sweet, because I can just copy the one I have for Pete's. Can you send me an invite to that? We'll do right now. Cool, because otherwise I had really nothing going. I'm in the stupid player draft that we did for XM. Like I was forced to do it, and I was pissed because I was like, man, every year I got to spend like an hour and a half like figuring out even who to draft. Like it takes, you know, I'm like. I don't know anything. I don't even know the name of one player in college hoops. And so I'm supposed to, like, get on the air and do this draft. And then uh, one of the producers, this guy Servo, was like, I'll I'll do it. He said, I'll split it with you. I said, don't worry. I'll pay. We'll split the winnings. But you got to do all the work. He's like, I'm already up on that stuff. So I had him pick for me, basically. Because it's just, well, I just saved myself two hours by just doing that, right, for 10 bucks. And And basically, so he starts drafting. Of course, I start, like, excoriating him because we don't have any stacks. We have totally disparate players on different teams. I start criticizing his picks, even though I don't, I don't know, believe, even though I don't know I don't anything. I don't believe you criticized a partner in fantasy. That yeah, I've never everyone was like, now you know what it's like. Trevor's like, now you know what it's like to work with him. That's funny. All right, invite sent, so right. go for it. All right, cool. I mean, I'll have to do this. Well, at 9.15, I'll, I'll have time because I'll have like five minutes before the, when this ends before the show to do it. Right, exactly. So that'll give you a little incentive at least. That's true. Um, yeah. All right, you got something else or what? Are you just yeah, complaining yeah. about so, how, how terrible your life is or you have actual substance? We, we can talk about this again next week, and I don't know how much we want to reveal on a podcast. Don't get me wrong. Your life is terrible. Thank you for pointing that out uh, consistently. But um, I was just going to say I'm actually manning up uh, and flying out to Las Vegas a week from tomorrow for the League of Leagues. So I don't know how much we, we better talk this week and – try to formulate some sort of strategy. We're right down to the very end between us and Cousin Sal and, and Brian's team to, to win the inaugural one. And this is a, a bunch of different rule changes, one year essentially instead of two and, and stuff like that. I don't know how much you wanted to talk about that, but um, are you have you given it any thought so far? The League of Leagues, which in case anyone doesn't know, consists of NBA, NFL, and MLB all uh, you know in bracketed in, in, in one fantasy league. Yeah, I gave thought to having the conversation. I didn't give too much thought about the actual conversation. I, I I was thinking, you know, it's coming up next week. I'm traveling internationally on Thursday. I'm probably not going to, you know, we'll probably have some time Friday or something to talk. But we, we could talk a little bit about it now. Uh, what were the rule changes? So it's only one year. So there's no keeper aspect. Is that correct? No, there is a big keeper. There is a keeper aspect. It's just It's just dependent on where you draft them the next year. So it's going to be very different than... Just you, uh, you know, a two-year league where you just keep your same team. But um, the details are, are pretty, pretty deep and, and, and too involved to, to go over right now. But there is a keeper aspect still. So, but you obviously it depends on what round you get that player for the for the following, you know, well, the following. So you just got to like, let's say you get a twentieth round, or you keep him in the eighteenth or something. You have to like pay a couple extra rounds right, to keep a guy. Right. So it is a keeper exactly. league. I mean, so so it yeah. is a two-year. What, so how? Why would you say it's not a two-year league? Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, well, 
the first, like the first, uh, I, I think it's, it's essentially impossible to keep the first three round picks. So st- stuff like that. There's, um, there's, there's little tweaks. So I got to go over the rules. The emails are, are pretty extensive. But you're right. You're right. I shouldn't say that. It is still a keeper league, just different than the, you know, the the previous version. And and whether you win the whole thing is going to be scored over six seasons, two years of three sports each, right? No, that is what's different. That's what I'm saying. It, it's now, it's now a one year. One year go around instead of the previous two. Okay, but I just added myself to your bracket so quick. Like now I'm in, done. Nice. I don't even okay. know who I picked. I don't even want to know. I'm just going to look at the end of the tournament how I did. <laughs> but uh, I know that I feel that every team. So I don't get it. So, so you keep the guys for the next round of play, but yet you get you win the whole thing or not based on this year. So I see it's like it's just like a regular keeper league where like in keeper exactly. league baseball you win the league in 2017. I won my keeper league and next year you still get to keep some of the players. Exactly. Okay, I got only it. Only this one consists of three sports. Okay. Is it for is so one I'll, I'll give you a couple thoughts. First is don't worry about keepers. Just get the guys to win now. Like don't like be like, "Oh, you know, I can get Yohan Moncada in like the right. you know, he'll be worth a lot next year." I mean, you know, that's a tiebreaker in, like, a later round. Like, yeah, maybe he will be really good in 2018. But, I, you know, whatever. I just think, like, just try to win now. Like, I, I'm not going to, like, waste picks trying to speculate for the following season. Agreed. Because, those. I mean, I, I think they're very, very limited bench spots as well. So I, I totally agree with that. Okay. Um, so, what so, else? What are your so thoughts? That, so that's one thing. The other thing is, uh, thank God they nixed, we nixed that, like, daily moves thing because that would have just been a nightmare. I mean, you know, the, we have to, like, put a move in every day no matter what sport it is. But well, that would have been a nightmare for one of us, and it's yeah, not you. <laughs> I know, but I just felt – I would have just been pissed at you the whole time because you would have missed some of those guys. But I, I guess – I mean, is there a reason to deviate from what we did last time? I mean, basically we got half the pitching points – spending nothing on pitching except closers like, you know, 15 rounds, 20 rounds in. And we were able to compete. You know, our our hitting sucked in baseball last year, but the first year we were able to compete in baseball, spending very little on that. We dominated in basketball both years. And football, we just spent on receivers. I mean, is there any reason to deviate from that? couple thoughts. Um, yeah, so we you were allowed to punt starting pitchers in this league, and you're, you still can this, this year. So there's no innings limit. Uh, or minimum, I should say. And yeah, our, our, our offense did not do well this last term, but we had, you traded for Stanton, AJ uh, Pollock went down and a couple other guys. So I just think that was more so bad and luck. Puig, than, yeah, it, we got Puig, Stanton and Pollock got hurt. So like three of our big guys and then Fielder got hurt and retired basically on us. Yeah, well, and we had Calvin Johnson retire on us in the prime of his career and we still uh, did finish first in football and then third. So that was pretty, pretty good. Um, but I, I think you're right. The only thing I will say is, when we got James Harden with the ninth overall pick right. last year. He should be and number one. Non, and non-turnover. That's the other thing. Right. It was, it's so let me ask you this. If, we, if we go back in time and redo this draft, is Harden the number one pick? Oh, oh definitely. Definitely. West yeah, because if they been like Trout or something, they can't contribute like a basketball oh, player. No, no, no. And Is there any football player that both years? Because, no, you know, David Johnson was good at the end of last year, but he wasn't good like in most of the year. In, I mean, 2015. And then, like, Le'Veon Bell was hurt in 2015. Zeke Elliott wasn't even in the league. Like, wouldn't the first pick be 
Harden? Yeah, Antonio Brown was pretty good, but this is a non-PPR league. Right. So, yeah, I think it's not even really that close. It, it, it's definitely Harden. So we had the best pick at nine. That was good. Uh, Westbrook would probably be, like, the second best. Yeah, that, that's true, um, especially the non-turnovers. But I was just thinking that I'm guessing that, uh, that they're going to emulate a lot of people. It was pretty much basketball heavy last year, but it might be really extreme this year early on. That's that's just the only thing I would say. So maybe zigging while they zag or something, but well, I, I don't know. No, no, I'm it, probably down. Here, here's the question. Here's the question. What pick do we have? We have a late pick again, like 12 or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that really that's really fucked. That's a bad pick because the basketball, the top basketball guys are so worth more than everybody else that it's not that you zig while other people zag. It's that you just aren't going to take like, I don't know, the, you know, the 12th best basketball player over, you know, the best football player because like at a certain point it drops off, right? Like obviously you're going to take Harden. I mean, let's just go through it. Like Harden, Westbrook, one and two, right? And then who's three in basketball? With yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, LeBron's getting older, um, and the non. Yeah, who would it be? Let me think. I mean, Curry's uh, not getting the use that he did. Durant. I mean, Durant. Durant's been. I mean, but Durant gets value based on his non-turnovers. He's, too. he's been hurt a couple years. I mean, I know. I'm, he's believe me, I'm aware. He's getting some mileage on him now. You know, he's not a, a young guy anymore. Curry yeah. doesn't do as much these days. I mean, you could have Kawhi Leonard is pretty good, but it's, it's not like a megastar. What about Giannis, number three? I was just going to say Giannis, yeah. We got him, um, too, because I insisted on that. It is so sick. Yeah, we have Whiteside. We got Whiteside and Giannis so late in, the, in this draft, the two years ago, and, you know, a three-team. Um, that that You're right. Yeah, no one's really – yeah, I mean, I, probably Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. He's such a hurt. risk. Such a risk. So, so like, the, the problem – and now Cousins is there – the pr- the problem is that after those like first three NBA picks, you know, like you don't want to be picking like I'm trying to think like who's in the you know, I don't I guess I would take LeBron at, at that pick or Durant or somebody. Yeah, if I think falls. he's still out. They may not fall. Those guys may be gone by the time we pick. So you know, you, you, we've cleared out some of like the weaker drafters. So like, there's going to be sharper guys in there. So those guys are going to clear out. We're picking like twelve. We're not even picking nine anymore. So I think. Oh, you're right. I looked. It's um, we're twelfth, right in between Cousin Sal and Dave Damashek. That'll be fun for me live, being right in between those those guys. But uh, yeah, twelve uh, is not. It, it matters more. So you, you're Don't totally get super right. high again before drafting with those dudes, man. Okay, I, I need you. I, I need you to, to you know stay sober. Oh, and Jonah Carey picks tenth. So that's going to be a nice little row there. So right. at least. So least so here's the thing. So let's just say like eight basketball players go and they're the right eight at what point do we just say okay we're taking antonio brown and on ppr we're taking beckham you know that we because because i think receivers or we're taking david johnson god he's so good because of the, all the catches too um yeah, at what point? Or Trout? I mean, I think Trout could fall that far. Probably not. No. Probably not. Um, I don't think no. we want Trout. I don't think no. we want a baseball player. There's 23 baseball players. Are there, there's one catcher this year, are they saying? Yeah, they, they are doing that. They are switching okay, But there's still 22 baseball players. It's yeah. just, if you're one of 22, you just can't do the damage of one of 10. I agree. And plus, I agree. basketball gets so deep when you get 14-team league. It's so deep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we got kind of screwed with this pick here. But, I mean, so I mean, yeah. luckily the good thing is that Sal and Jonah did. You know, like Rob Silver and Vlad are going to be good. Rob Silver won the NFBC. Yeah, no, I know they're legit. Vlad, Vlad plays DFS really- basketball every night. You know, like these guys are not going to be. 
Yeah, they're no, know he's what's really, going on. He's really, really smart, Vlad. Um, and they have the number one overall pick, by the they're, way. They're going to – this is – let's just quit. Let's drop out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got 12. We quit. We're out. Yeah, we should do that. Let him know. It's a bad, we're like, this is like a bad, it's a bad draw. Yeah, we've got to think about it. I, David Johnson will probably be gone, to be honest. I think David Johnson will be gone. I think at least seven hoops players will be gone. I think Antonio Brown may be gone. Beckham. I don't know if Beckham will be gone. I mean, we could just like go like Beckham and some other stud receiver. In the second we had round. Julio. Julio was on our team. Yeah, um, I mean, he's all right. He's not great in non-PPR, though. He doesn't Elliot, score. What about Elliot? I mean, he's in such a good system. Right. He's the and youngest. PPR helps he's, him. He's Elliot, young if, if and he's non-PPR. There, if he's there, like, if we can get, like, Elliot and Beckham, it's just you can't punt NBA, man. You can't you can't not use an NBA in one of your first two picks. Cousin Sal's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, too, right before us. But that would be an interesting one because he's young still. And so it's oh, it's, I forget it's only one year, one year go around, too. So that that's something to consider as far as if you wanted to take a back backs earlier. Right. One no, thing it, it is better for that. But uh, we thought that with Calvin Johnson. Then he retired on us. Very true. That is very, very true. Anyway, but, uh, my, my point is just that I think we can't not take an NBA player on the first turn. We can't. Okay. All right. Whether, okay. you know, hopefully we get lucky and it's like a Giannis. We might have to just gamble on Anthony Davis. I mean, there's still Carl Anthony Towns. And it's, I mean, he, he's. Oh, no, no, that's fine. Man. Yeah, Towns or, yeah. or Kawhi Leonard or somebody. You know, you just, you just, I think we're just going to bite the bullet and take one of those guys that's just good. And then on the on the way back, you know, it was rock solid. Like Kawhi or, or Towns. I feel yeah, like yeah, Kawhi. I actually think there will be, I'm looking at it right now, and the top nine uh, players this year in non-turnover leagues are, are fine. They're, okay. they're all fine. Fine. So, so we'll get one of those guys, and then hopefully we'll get a Beckham or an Elliott or a David Johnson or a Le'Veon Bell or an Antonio Brown. We'll get a football pl- – but pro- right. we'll get a really good football player on the way back. I think it's better to get the receivers just because the running backs just come out of the woodwork. But uh, I agree. Oh, yeah, that was our strategy. Not only we right. punt starting pitchers, but we, we punted, punted uh, running backs. And, yeah. and Damashek absolutely – We traded away LeGarrette Blunt this year who was like awesome. He was better than Antonio Brown in PPR. In non PPR, yeah, that was you. I, I I picked him up the year before, and that was yeah. That, no, that, no, no. that I offered him, and then you not only you you actually consummated the trade, and then threw in more of our fab with it. Yeah, that didn't that didn't work out too well. But um, I just remember Damashek lambasting me, just going crazy about how bad our football team is. And this he writes for NFL.com, and we won the first year and got third the next yeah. because that was totally the strategy is just to grab receivers. We put a and, and, and running back. Our running backs were yeah. Robert Griffin and Nick Foles. That's who we drafted. <laughs> and then the running backs were really ugly. Do you remember that? I can't even remember. It was, it, oh, but it was we garbage. Ended up... It was total garbage. We, we we had like, I can't remember, but it was total scrubs. Well, I know I got Gurley in the supplemental draft. Right. And he helped us the first year at least. And, yeah, um, yeah Blunt was, was solid enough. I forget who we made a trade. But, um, oh, I picked up Thomas Rawls who really helped down the stretch the first year. But um, so here's my question, and I'm, I think I already know the answer. So even at pick 17 in round two and Mike Trout's on the board, we pass. I mean, never say never, but I think we got to take an NBA guy in the first round. And then we see what football players are in the second round. And if Zeke Elliott or Beckham or Antonio Brown or Lev Bell or Dave Johnson's there in the second round, they've got to be worth more than Trout, right, for, for that particular sport. Don't you think? I agree. I do. I do. So then we got to take him. And, you know, I love Kershaw so much, but it's like we can't take pitching and 
get Kershaw. So if we're going to, you know, we'd have to go in a totally different direction if we wanted to roster him. Right. Yeah. No, I like it. All right. I think we're on, we're on the same so uh, the same exact thing. Okay. And then we're just going to, we, we got to get the closers. We just got to get them. And the more I think about it, uh, maybe it is 12 isn't bad if we get a, a decent uh, basketball player and then one of those star football players. Maybe, you know, right. maybe, maybe that is. Right. Maybe, may, and also, like, if we can get, like, a Kawhi or, or Towns, I kind of just want to rock, right? I don't, I mean, it would be better to have Harden or Westbrook, but, like, I'd rather just have, like, just a rock-solid guy who's 25, 5, and 5 with decent percentages every night than somebody who's, like, Anthony Davis who could go off the charts but could miss half the season. You know, right. I just want, like, a rock. That's all I really want. I agree. Yeah. So, Okay. Uh, that sounds right. good to me. All right, so we're good. Uh, yeah, don't don't mess with the the hitters. And then like round three, we could consider a hitter, but I'd probably go another basketball player if I could. You know, like a second tier hoops guy. Yeah. Uh, God, remember when we gambled on Paul George coming off the horrific injury? That was so so sick. In the fifth round, at how much... we mocked. We got mocked for that. We have so yeah. On this same team, we have Giannis, James Harden, Cook. Kyrie Irving. Who else do we have? Uh, Paul George. Paul George. Whiteside. Yeah, it's pretty sick. And this is a 14-team hoops league. It's super deep. There's a lot of roster spots, too. It's it's a tough league. All right, so we're good with this. I don't want to bore everybody to death. We got about ten. No, I know. And one last question: You're obviously going to be unavailable during this, right? Uh, What time? What time is the draft in Vegas? Uh, It's it'll be Saturday, first thing in the morning, like 9 a.m. or something. That's oh nine a.m. Vegas time. So that'll be ten a.m. Like Vegas time. So that'll be like noon Eastern. I think actually I'll be available because Tout starts around nine a.m. Eastern time. I think so. I'll be almost done with that. But just like I'll have my like just email me or we'll have uh, instant message. Oh, I forgot. You're saying you're going to be in New York, not not out yeah, of the I'm country. Yeah, I'm not going to be in Portugal. I'm going to be like literally. Dra- I'll be literally auctioning my team, and then you'll send me an instant message. I'll get distracted. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. So I'll, actually, I'll just, this might be a bad thing for me. I wish you were unavailable, but that's okay. Yeah, like it worked out so badly last time when I when I got us to get Giannis and Paul George and Dwayne Wade for nothing. We got Dwayne Wade for nothing. He was like the 40th round pick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is fun though. You'd be right. Let's uh, let's move on. It's probably I, I don't know. I, I do think it's a uh, really kind of I've been frustrated with some trades and all that, but we might might even still prevail. Despite Just get it that. done. I don't want I don't want to hear any excuses. Just get it done. We're go down the stretch run. This is when you kick in the next gear. You know? Okay. I, oh, I'm I'm on it. I'm I'm doing so many speculative pickups because we yeah. have we have zero fab. I've been doing crazy ones. Like I got Terrence Ross who. Got off. To, he was shooting like 20 field goals a game when he was traded to Orlando, but uh, not so great so far. But anyway, I'm, I'm believe me, I'm, I'm on it. I want to win. I I'm motivated because of the trades and the, right. and the trash talk and and, right. and Sal t- talks a lot of Yang. But um, let's all right. close those guys out. Let's close those charlatans out. Okay, <laughs> moving on to, to baseball. Um, I normally don't like to talk about injuries, but I am curious with the news that that Scherzer is going to probably miss the opening day. That could just mean a couple turns in the rotation. It could just mean he just pitches like the fifth. He gets like backdated and gets like the number five slot instead of the number one, right? It could just mean that. And you, you as you did with Steamer, he's clearly the number two pitcher on the board, as, as you laid out. Um, and uh, it could also mean that, boy, this is a little scary that this injury was suffered last season and he's experimenting with some three-fingered fastball, and and why use an early pick, possibly first round, on a pitcher who's currently hurt? So I don't know. What what do you think? 
Well, I mean, I had this choice. I didn't know that he was going to miss the opening day at the time, but I was. it was in the Friends and Family and in uh, the NFBC, and I went Bumgarner both times over him just because Bumgarner's so good that why would I even – why take a chance when Bumgarner's the choice, right? But what if Kluber's the choice? And now you're dealing with an AL pitcher. He's not as good as those guys. Maybe he would be if he were in the NL. But now you've got to really think about it with Scherzer. Well, it, I think it, in that same league I took Chris Sale over him. Right. I think I well, when you get down to Sale and Kluber, I think you got to really think. I'd probably take Scherzer. But I hear okay. you. I don't like the fact that it's just been lingering for so long. You know, why, why hasn't this been resolved yet? And exactly. Th- that, that's problematic. I don't know. At some point in late in the second round, I'd probably take him. And, I, but, you know, it's just going to be one of these things where everyone's playing chicken. You know, who's going who's gonna to wait long enough? But second round is still pretty early, right? I mean, you could have Joey Votto if you want a hitter. You could have... You know, as you said, Sale or Kluber or somebody's a pitcher. It's like, it's not like <laughs> it's, you can have a total building block for your team and you're gambling on a guy who's, you know, not healthy. Yeah, I, I also like you, Darvish, a lot this year. But it sounds like we're you're on the same page again there because I, I moved him down to sixth. So uh, my starting pitching board. So that's right around those guys, Kluber and, and Sale area. Yeah. So. I, th- I think I want to share, you know. I mean, I think like in the second round in one league – late second i'll gamble you know and then uh, that'll be it it'll be like okay we'll see if this works out yeah makes sense definitely a gamble though taking a starting pitcher currently dealing with an injury to his pitching hand that's been lingering for what six months or something i mean that's that's certainly an injury i mean a a risk all right final thing i just wanted you to uh i'll give you the platform here i saw that you came out with a a new blog i i just saw it right before we went on air started recording so i haven't even had a chance to read it but talk about your steamer and nfb See pitching values part three. Yeah. So what I did was, uh, whenever I run my values, right? It's always based on nine pitcher, nine pitching slots, fourteen hitting slots, and I run these values. I use replacement value, and then I use standard deviations to compare across categories. If you're X above replacement in home runs, you're ten home runs above replacement. You're thirty RBIs above. You got to figure out like what's better, and you use standard deviations to figure out well which is the bigger outlier. And then you add those up, and then you convert it to dollar values, and you make it add up to the total amount of dollars to be spent. And boom, you've got your, your rankings and your values. But whenever you would do that, whenever I would do that, the closers would always be so cheap. Like the top closer would be like 16 bucks, And that's just not accurate, right? Like no, people pay the equivalent, at least in draft dollars, 25 24 bucks at the NFBC to get Chapman or Jansen. So how could my values constantly be getting this wrong or is everybody else in the world just getting this wrong? And this was, was bugging me, and I started to realize, well, the, the problem is obviously scarcity, right? There's only 30 guys who get saves. And because in the NFBC especially, you can't tank saves if you want to have a chance at the overall title. And since right. half your entry fee goes toward the overall title, you must play that way. You can't, you can't just, like, put in that entry fee and say, I'll just try to win my local league. Because half your money is going to the, to the overall prize pool. You've got to try to do that. So everybody basically plays NFBC as if – even though you don't have to do this, it's as if you do have to do it. Six starters, two relievers, one flex, a guy who could be starter or reliever. Because sometimes you go three relievers, sometimes you go two. That's it. Everybody plays that way. If you're not playing that way, it means you've got injuries and you're in trouble and you're done. Right? So everybody's playing that way. So I said, what if we actually just had two – we enforced it. We, we valued it as if there were two relief slots, two and a half relief slots. No, what happened then is you'd, you'd separate relievers into a different position, just like you separate catchers into a different position than the other. Everybody on the offense has a different position. Well, now relief pitchers are relief pitchers, and starting pitchers are starting pitchers. And just as with catchers, there's a different baseline to value them, right? You, Buster Posey would be like a 10th-round pick if he only qualified at first base. 
but the fact that he yep. qualifies a catcher makes him like a fourth round pick. And it's the same thing, right? So so these relievers that were coming out at sixteen bucks, well if you make it that you have to get relievers, what do they come out at? So I ran the numbers, I, I got the value over replacement using reliever replacement values, and then I did the same thing just for starters, because there's only seven star, six and a half starting slots that so you know you have number seventy eight starters or last starter, not the number one oh eight, which it is when you have nine times twelve, this is seven and a half times twelve. So I ran the numbers differently. But the problem that you have that you run into every time you do something like this is that you got to find a budget for the pitchers and a budget for the relievers. You, basically, I can calculate all the relative values of, between the relievers, but then it's like, how do I convert that into a dollar value? Well, before I can convert it, I need to know what my budget is. The way we did it with starting pitching and hitting, I would just say 70% of the budget. Everyone's got $260 in auction money, right? So 70% of that budget of 12 times 260, 70% of 3120 goes to the hitters. That's like 21-something. And then... 30% goes to the pitchers. That's 936. So then you use 936 as your baseline total budget to figure out how to convert the values into dollar values. And the problem is that 3070 thing, it's a little bit arbitrary, right? So how do we know 3070 is right? Well, it's kind of what people do. And so what I ended up doing was just going through the NFBC ADP and just figuring out where all the relievers were ranked and just starting at like $45 players at the top down to 30 based on their auction values, and then just doing an algorithm to figure out how to get down to $1 players for 276 total players who were drafted in the whole league, and then just say, okay, let's just pretend these are the values, and then I just added up all the closers, and they added up to $293. That's what virtually NFBC owners spend on closers on average based on ADP. $293 of the total budget is on closers. Okay, well, now we can take that 293 and convert the relative values into absolute dollar values. When you do that, Chapman ends up being like 25 point something, Jansen 26, Andrew Miller 21, but he's not getting enough saves. They gave him 20 saves, so that's Steamer's projection. And then everybody else is way less. So th that's sort of the conclusion of the column is that, look, there's no absolute value. It's based on what these leagues spend on closers. If the closer runs go in round eight and nine, then you spend less. If the closer runs go from rounds four through seven, then you spend more. They happen to go earlier in the NFBC, and you don't have a choice but to get involved. So it's kind of a dissatisfying answer, but the answer is, you know, Chapman and Jansen, based on NFBC habits, are the fifth and seventh overall pitchers it, through my formulas. That's... That's sort of the upshot, but it's only the way. It's only the case based on the way they draft. Right. Uh, the Posey thing you mentioned is the tenth round is the first uh, baseman only. Fourth round is a catcher. Um, that also bumps him up. The fact that it's two catcher format too. That would also increase his value. Right. But I get well, exactly two relievers too. I mean, that's the same thing. Like the baseline of catcher is not twelve; it's twenty-four. Right. The baseline of reliever is not twelve; it's twenty-four at the relief slot. That's what. No, the I get it. That's. I get it. That's why you use the 70-30. Not that it's scientific. Just basically, that's that's what usually happens. So that's why you're right. using that as baseline. This it's just like just like when I um, go. Here's an interesting thing I'll throw at you. In NL labor, uh, Doug Dennis one year threw a curveball and, and drafted nine one dollar pitchers, or maybe it was ten back then. Even I forget before the Astros uh, switched. Um, but they uh, anyway, he won the league with it, and he's since done a similar strategy. So if you know that one of your participants in an auction is going to only spend ten to twelve dollars on pitching instead of sixty, would that change? That has to change your valuations entering, correct? 
Yeah, I mean, so so this is the question, right? And this is where I ran up against it doing this research. I was like, shit, I, I want to know what the relievers are really worth. And I came up against it like, I can't tell you what they're really worth. I can tell you what they're worth relative to one another. But I can't tell you what they're really worth unless I know what my budget for them is. <laughs> and my budget right. is what people are doing, right? I mean, it's that's the problem. So it's like, so the question is, is there a right and wrong on valuation? It was just like, well, based on the market, this is the valuation. And if one person moves the market because they're so extreme, do you go with it? Or is it less important when it's not across the board, 72, 30, 28? So let's say Doug Dennis, his, his crazy roster construction makes the overall league average 72, 28 or 74, 26 overall instead of 70, 30 or 68, 32, which is more normal because his is so extreme. If you have it that everybody else is 68, 32 and he's way out there at nine, you know, 90, seven three or whatever it is does that in that case it might be less worth moving than if the whole league were just on average doing 72 28 does that make sense yeah that makes sense because you're not you're you're basically like if i'm not saying that's necessarily true but i could see that being true that when the distribution of why the league average is that is because of one outlier then you can ignore it but if everybody just one year started doing 70 to 28, that's where you probably have to do your values. That would be your baseline values of what players were worth. But there is an also absolute this is the this is the flip side, and this needs more research. There's an absolute value to players. Like players give you certain amounts of points in the standings, period. Right. So like if Kershaw, let's say you knew Kershaw was gonna have a a, a whip of 0.5, an ERA of one, four hundred strikeouts, and thirty wins. But let's say you also knew that people were going to spend go 90-10 hitting pitching. You see what I'm saying? Like, at what point does the reality of just what Kershaw's giving you outweigh the reality of the market? Right, right. No, that'd be interesting. So you think you would have a, a huge advantage if you knew the percentages of you know the the, the that split. You think no, that'd be a big? No, I don't think it would be that because it's it's always around the same. It's so close that it doesn't make a difference. Oh right, right, right. So you'd have an advantage if it's if there, if you knew ahead of time that there would be an extreme, well, like, extreme abnormal. If it were fifty fifty one year and you knew that ahead of time, yes, you'd have a big advantage. Okay. I think I think it's you inter- would. You know, now I, I've really been tempted though in trade leagues. The NFBC you can't do this. So so here's the other question: the NFBC. You just kind of have to get those closers when those closers go. You, it's not up to you to tank that. You, you just have to pay. You just got to pay. That's it. But right, it because trade. even if you miss, miss uh, value the market, you can trade in other leagues, uh, you know, correct that later. In this format, you can't. Right. So, so, let's, so let's take a labor situation, right, or any situation where Kershaw may be undervalued. And you get Kershaw, but you also, you know, don't want to punt saves. But you actually can in, in a labor format where there's no overall contest. But say you you know you find the closers are too cheap, and then you also want a backup start. You, know, you just find a lot of value on the pitching. Like you just think these pitchers are getting me way more stats than the comparable comparably priced hitters. And so you have this like 50-50 split, and everybody else is seventy thirty. Well, you, you know you're in big trouble in hitting. Probably you could get lucky, but you should be really strong in pitching. But also, like, if you're correct and the market is wrong, it's just doing it that way, then you should not only be – you should be disproportionately better in pitching than you are bad in hitting, right? Because you should have such trade leverage. You should be able to move Kershaw for, like, two hitters and get more value, or you should be able to move some really good players. But it's hard to trade. There's usually a VIG. It's not a liquid market. Not everybody wants to trade. People are difficult. 
they're afraid. You know, so that's the thing. When you count on trades, it's, it's tough. Well, that's what I've always, you know, kind of said as far as my taking starting pitchers early theory. It is tougher in only leagues. But um, what if I did go into labor one year and spend 70% of my budget on pitching and 30% on hitting, whereas everyone's doing the opposite? They're all basically, you know, they have a 1 in 11 chance of, of finishing with the best offense. I'm humongously favored to finish with the, I might win every pitching category. Right. I, I should win every pitching category. If I did that, I, I, I was seriously just thinking about that. So it's right. funny that you bring but that the up. Pro- but the problem is as much of a favorite as you are in the pitching side, you're such an underdog and hitting. Although there's probably two teams that did worse than you just by bad luck, right? Like there's probably right. two teams that are going to lose $35 players to injuries and also made some bad picks. So, you know, the, the odds that you're the absolute worst is not that likely. So you might be able to, you know, get like threes and fours in hitting, dominate pitching, and make a trade or two where you get to fives or sixes in hitting and win the league. I definitely think that would help your floor for sure. But, yeah, I'm still not sure you could win. You know, right. you're the favorite it, to win. It would, you'd be at such a you, – you might be able to do it if you tank specific categories. Like if you, you know, you got Billy Hamilton and you got, you know, a couple batting average guys and, and you just like were like, okay – I'm going to make sure I have steals and batting average, and then I'm not going to pay for anything else. So you right. you, got, you you basically were below average in hitting, but you weren't terrible in hitting. You were like yeah, well, you got basically two the out flip of five side, categories. Right, basically the flip side to what we do in League of Leagues. You know, dominate one, try to dominate, but again, see hit, hitting because everyone else is after hitting. It didn't work, but but yeah, then attacking steals and runs like we attack. You know, whip. No, just steals and average. You, you can only win steals and average. That's the only two you could win with a yeah. small budget because you just get like. Jonathan VR, Trey Turner, a couple, you know, one or two batting average guys and just have dead spots. Just don't even, like, yeah. fill the, you know, just have minor leaguers in there. And just, Which would hurt the run. Like, those guys. Yeah, you can't go in the other three categories. You can't even get twos in the other three categories. But, you know, you spend nothing to get two categories, which puts you, like, just lower middle of the pack. You dominate pitching. The problem is that, yeah, you're ceiling. You'd have to have a, a year where everybody was very evenly spread out to win with that. Right, if there was like a good team that was strong across the board, taking three categories, it'd be tough. Yeah, exactly. You'd want everyone else to be cluttered for sure. Um, one, one final thing: Would these uh, the Chapman and Jansen be even uh, be even higher in a say a Yahoo format with an innings cap? I'd have to think because of their K rate. You know, I mean, their Ks obviously right. help you in NFBC, but their their Ks help you even more when you have a fourteen hundred innings limit. Yeah, I mean, in a way, all leagues are K through 9. If you're all maxing out, the best you can do streaming as much as you can. If you think about, like, a real serious overall competition where you just – you don't know how many innings you're getting, but you're all shooting for as many quality innings as you can possibly pick up. So I think they're – you know, it may be a little more in the Yahoo case because you know that everyone – no one's getting way ahead of you and you can't get way ahead. But, I mean, you can't really stream in NFBC and get crushed. You can't pick up course field starters just to add innings, right? I mean, everybody's limited by the, just the parameters of, of what's possible. So, anyway, we've we got to run because uh, I'm coming up on the XM show. I just, just wanted to mention uh, – well, now we'll close it off. I'll mention the political stuff next week. I, I, had, I had one quick thing, but it's probably not time. So, right, uh, you got any last words for yourself? You got anything to say for yourself? Nope. Just wish me luck the rest, uh, with the party. Yeah, uh, and happy birthday to Chloe, Thank the you. only member of the Del Don family that I, well, you and your wife and your son that I respect. Three out of four. Yeah. There you go. All right, man. Later, Liz. All right, take it easy, Don. 
You are listening to the East Coast Offense Podcast. It is brought to you by FanDuel. Special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get that free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value for just $10. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW.